Hello, this is Jim Jupiter. And this is Quinn Jupiter. And we're the Jupiter Boys. Yes, we're the Jupiter Boys, yeah. And you're listening to Little Geek Lost, the podcast. Enjoy. Little Geek Lost. It's time for another episode of Lunchtime Podcast and Lattes. <laughs> um, it's actually working out really good doing these podcasts in my car on my lunch hour so for my solo ones. So, you know what? I figured that that's what I'm going to keep doing um, in between doing guest pods because it just works out a lot better. Basically, I drive to Starbucks, get a latte, talk about a podcast for 20 minutes, eat my lunch, go back to work. Um, what better way to get shit done, right? So, the topic this time is B-movies, which happen to be some of my favorite things. Um, I like bad movies, I like bad music, <laughs> I like cheesy pickup lines. Basically, that's who I am in a nutshell. Today I want to talk about B-movies because they're awesome. I mean, who doesn't love a good B-movie, right? I mean, unless you're one of those people who only likes the big top blockbuster movies, um, or like sappy romantic comedies, or kids kids animated movies but I prefer B movies um just for information's sake the latte today is a cinnamon dolce latte grande cinnamon dolce latte because that's how I roll which is going to be sips of in between because I drink when I'm recording podcasts so I kind of wanted to go into um B movies a little bit of the history of them and um just kind of like how how they came to be called B movies and where that sort of came from um Basically in the 50s, well I think up until the 50s, when there was double features at the movie theater, there was always a second part, and the second part was sort of a more low-budget to lower-end movie that they kind of just threw in as like a bonus for going to the main feature. So the main features were the A movies, and the second part of the double features were the B movies. That's sort of where the the term came from. Um, They're always sort of known to be low-budget ones, like I said, kind of just like an extra bonus, and they're still today, I think, known mainly as low-budget ones. Basically, most B-movies end up being sci-fi and horror, I think, just due to the nature of the beast. I mean, you don't really see comedy B-movies. I mean, there is, like, a lot of them, like the stupid American Pie band camp and, you know, those other ones where they're just sort of sequels to sequels to sequels dragged on, but I don't really consider those B-movies. I think it's just mainly, like, due to the budgets and the effects. B-movies tend to usually be sci-fi or horror, especially from how I see them. Um, well, that's kind of like the main genre of them. Um, they mainly started getting big again in the 70s, so with like the movie Piranha and stuff. Um, good sci-fi, horror crossover there, mainly horror, I guess, because it was fish <laughs> eating people. But they got big again in the 70s um, and kind of progressed from there, you know, in the 80s and the 90s. Um, Maybe not so much. Maybe most of the really good ones come from like the late 80s, I find. Um, but yeah, so like they sort of progressed. Um, what I think makes a good B movie in my terms, um, <laughs> ones that are have ridiculous plots, um, just really out there things that happen to them, whether they're disaster movies or monster movies, um, ones that have really cheesy effects. <laughs> Again, usually because they're low budget, they don't really have a lot of money for a lot of CGI or just the higher end effects. They're usually 
really cheap CGI that they can get, you know, for cheaper, for free, or like pay lower money for, or just sort of like hand done effects that look really bad and terrible. Um, and they always have like weird, strange dialogue that doesn't fit in everyday life that no one in everyday life would use because that's, you know, that's just how B-movies are. Um, I'll get into more examples of each of those categories um, for the ones that I find. And also, like, they're not trying too hard. They're not trying to be a B-movie. Um, I think it's like one of those lines where it's like, if a video is trying to be cheesy, it's not really cheesy because they're trying to. So if, like, you're trying to be a B-movie, but you have a higher budget or higher actors, then you're not really a B-movie, is how I look at it. Um, you know, you're basically an A-movie or a different other movie trying to be a B-movie. And, you know, you can't try to be a B-movie. B-movies know what they are. Going into it, they know that they're a lower-budget movie. And that's just sort of how they are. It's not actually a pretty nice day out. It's only minus one Celsius, so I'm sitting in the sun and it's kind of warm. <laughs> okay, so two B-movies that I want to talk about that I've seen recently that are just awesome. And no, Sharknado is not on that list, and I will get to why it's not on that list later. But the first one I'm going to talk about is Rubber, and the second one is Ginger Dead Man 3, specifically Saturday Night Cleaver. So Rubber... Is a kind of a B movie. Um, I guess it's kind of artsy. We found it randomly on Netflix. We were sort of just, I think we were playing Netflix roulette, where we basically go into search and just type a random word, and whenever the first movie pops up, that's what we watch. And it being Rubber, which turned into this whole big cult movie that we found out later. <laughs> but it's basically about a tire that kills people with its mind. And if you haven't seen Rubber, I'm probably going to be going into spoilers here, so be prepared for that. Um, it's tire it's got telekinetic powers it somehow manages to kill people with its mind because tires have a brain um there's sort of like a host talking in the movie um and one thing he likes to say over and over that explains the movie basically is no reason like why is this happening no reason it's just kind of happening and you should sit back and enjoy it and there's these people that come to watch the tire um that i don't understand <laughs> they come and watch it to sort of like I guess, experience at killing people. They're sort of standing up on this cliff with binoculars. It just gets really bizarre. So the tire sort of becomes sentient and goes on its way, killing certain people that cross it. Um, And it's in in a hotel for a while. And at one point, I guess, it gets really depressed and tries to drown itself in the swimming pool. <laughs> I don't know how a tire would drown. Um, but yeah, so basically this tire just goes on this murderous rampage. It's got whatever inside of it that's making it do this it's never really explained again because a lot of the plot is saying that it's no reason um how it fits into everything it has a ridiculous plot because i mean it's a tire going around killing people so i mean how more ridiculous can that be right um it's sort of got like just cheesy effects because it's again it's a tire so you know it's going around killing people with his mind um you don't really see like any kind of thing shooting out of it or anything it's just kind of doing its thing so it starts vibrating basically and then that's what kills people you kind of assume that it's using its mind to do it um it's just rolling down this like the road dirt road as a tire so it almost seems like someone just pushes it for a bit and then they film it and then they grab it at the end and then they cut back into like them filming it (laughs) um that's just kind of I guess like what's going on for the tire 
Um, so yeah, it's got that cheesy effect. So there's not really much else for effects in it that I find other than it's like usually just people talking or it's the tire, right? So the bit of effects there are, they are the cheesy ones. Um, the strange dialogue is people talking about the tire, I guess. And like the main dude saying that, you know, there's no reason when he gives his little spiel about what's going on and what's happening. It's just very strange film. Um, it kind of feels like it's from the 70s, even though it's a more recent movie. So it's kind of got that 70s um, horror type look and feel to it. And yeah, like it's just, you know, it doesn't try to be be movie. It doesn't try to be something that it's not. It's kind of just more, I guess, kind of like an artsy film. But it's sort of horror and B-movie and just awesomeness. And I don't know if it's still on Netflix or not, but I would totally recommend to anyone to check out Rubber because it's just ridiculous but you have to kind of watch the whole thing like don't give up on it actually fulfill it and you know go all the way through and watch the whole thing oh coffee coffee is good and starbucks is good and lattes are good so the next movie um that i wanted to talk about this one of my my one of my favorite b movies that i've watched recently is ginger dead man 3 saturday night cleaver now we never watched the other I guess two ginger dead men's or I don't know if there's anything after that again we just randomly came across it on Netflix and decided to watch it um it's about a gingerbread man who goes around on murderous rampages and again spoilers if you haven't seen it um it's voiced by Gary Busey which makes it extra awesome because he's just fucking nuts to begin with (laughs) so having a voice this little gingerbread man makes it even crazier um and basically, he someone gets sent back in time, or has a time machine or something, I don't remember offhand, and he goes back to the 70s, and he's at this roller disco rink, and for whatever reason, he decides to just murder people, I guess? Like, he's just fucked in the head. So he's got, like, an actual cleaver, and murders people with that, and just finds different ways to murder them in the building. And then for whatever reason, like, they use his time machine to go back to get other people to sort of come after him. And the ones they bring back are Hitler, Charles Manson, and Lizzie Borden, which is just bizarre and out there. Um, and basically the best part of the whole movie is at the end you get to see Hitler and Charles Manson roller skating at the 70s roller rink. So that's pretty fantastic. Um, it totally fits like all the criteria for a B-movie. It's not trying too hard. It's not trying to not be a B-movie or to be a B-movie. It's just, you know what it is (laughs) it's got you know the crazy out there horror ridiculous plot of a gingerbread man going around killing people um the effects are he's kind of like kind of cg animated but he almost looks like he might be claymation in some parts too so he's got that going for him and you know it's just there's not really many other effects in other cheesy, you know, horror movie effects of being, like, stabbed or something like that. So it's basically, like, real effects. There's not really a lot of CGI um, other than the time machine when the time machine is used. There's a little bit of CGI with that. But I don't really think there's, like, a lot of other CGI. Maybe, like I said, maybe just the actual gingerbread man being CGI. Um, it does have, like, strange strange dialogue i mean it's gary Busey voicing a gingerbread man just the way he's like yelling at people and threatening them is just ridiculous and bizarre on its own that's just kind of how he is i guess um and you know like i said it's it's not trying to it's not trying to be something that it's not 
Um, I'm not sure if it's still on Netflix or not. There's probably other ones. Like I said, the first one and second one, because this was three. So I'd recommend checking that out <laughs> if you're into like weird cheesy B horror movies. Um, so the other stuff that I kind of wanted to talk about in relation to B movies is the big like recently resurgence of monster movies versus um, disaster movies, but not really versus, but like monster movies and disaster movies. So you've noticed on Netflix a lot, there's a lot of, or maybe like on like space and stuff too, um, channels, there's a lot of disaster movies. So, you know, there's ones with the weird tornadoes and hurricanes and volcanoes and ice storms and everything. And those B-movies are actually fantastic and I fucking love watching them because their effects are like, again, out there, they're really cheesy, horrible effects, but also like the plots in general, I mean, how they're just totally disregard science and things that we know like to be true for physics and just sort of make up their own for the movie so they could, you know, suit the movie and further the plot. They're just hilarious that way. Um, and they always have strange dialogue, you know, like... <clears throat> they'll be yelling weird sciencey stuff that they have no idea what it means or just yelling random terms that don't mean anything. Um, being a computer person, I especially love when they like throw out random computer, you know, terms like downloading and stuff like, oh, we need to download to the mainframe and just yelling out shit that basically means nothing. They're just u- using useless jargon together. So that's pretty hilarious. Um, I love watching the disaster ones just for that fact. And the other good part of like, the resurgence in B-movies is the monster movies. Um, there's been a ton of shark ones. You know, Sharktopus and Two-Headed Shark and Three-Headed Shark and Malibu Shark and Ghost Shark. And probably the most famous one, Sharknado. Um, it's series. I'll talk about them in two separate categories. The other shark ones, Sharktopus, Two-Headed Shark Attack, Malibu Shark, Ghost Shark, those ones. Those are B-movies. Um... And they're not trying to be a movie. They sort of just are. Um, they have the ridiculous plots and the cheesy effects and the strange dialogue and everything else that B movies have. Um, Sharktopus was amazing. Watching it like climb on land and like feed its shark head with its octopus legs was like pretty terrific. I think um, just fantastic <laughs> in general. The reason I don't count Sharknado as a B movie is. One major flaw it has is that it was trying to be a B-movie. So, basically, it's trying to be a B-movie. It's, you know, it's trying too hard. Um, If it's the other criteria, I mean, it's got ridiculous plots. It's a tornado full of sharks. I mean, how more ridiculous can you get? It's got cheesy effects. But a lot of the cheesy effects are higher-end effects made to look cheesy, I think. That's kind of how I feel about it. Um... And then the other thing is, you know, it does have strange dialogue, but not to a point that you'd kind of consider it B-movie dialogue. Um, the main problem is, like I said, it's trying too hard. It's trying to be B-movie. It's trying to be cheesy. It's trying to go through all that effort, and it kind of takes away from it all. Um, I've watched all three of them. Um, I mean, they're funny and hilarious and ridiculous for what they are. And, you know, Ian Ziering and Tara Reid are just insane in them. Um, they're terrible actors to begin with, especially Tara Reid, oh my god. But seeing them in this movie is even more ridiculous than just, like, the plot and everything. It's it's ridiculous for a B-movie, but it's too ridiculous. Like, it's pushing it a little bit too far, I think. That's how I feel. So I have a hard time saying that they're good B-movies and putting them 
in the category of B-movies. That's kind of just how I feel about them. So that's my little lunchtime pod on B-movies. Like I said, trying to get more of these done. Um, I'm going to have some upcoming ones on some conspiracies, some unsolved mysteries, possibly some random Netflix recommendations. Um, if you have any ideas that you, you know, you'd want to hear me talk about for a solo pod, um, you can follow me on Twitter, Cyanide with two N's. I do have my Little Geek Lost Twitter up now, so that's at Little Geek Lost on Twitter. If you want to check that out, littlegeeklost.com. Um, pods are on iTunes and Stitcher. So whoever you found this <laughs> podcast, um, check me out on either iTunes or Stitcher. Give me a rating review because that's what people do <laughs> and ask for. Um, and yeah, check out the Potter and Family hashtag on Twitter. Um, that's just Potter and Family, all one word. Because there's a lot of great pods on there. And it's sort of just like a little mini podcasting network via the hashtag. Um, and people just promoting other shows and everything. And that's kind of how I've been finding a lot of pods that I listen to lately um, via that. So I would definitely say to check that out if you like podcasts. And again, definitely follow me on Twitter because I like talking to people who enjoy my podcast. Um, cyanide with two N's. The extra N is for extra awesome. Don't forget, um, check me out at logeekloss.com and I will be in your ears next time.